But as I then started talking to some other people who specialize in that generation as they're coming up, they're like, oh yeah. They're like, that's how this generation is. They see something they're like, they're not deterred or held back by cultural barriers and they just go for it. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority-led, women-led, LGBT-led, and veteran-led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E-G-R-O-U-N-D.io. Now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. My name is Adam, and I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Chloe. In today's episode, we're going to dive into the issues with diversity and inclusion in the workplace and in the supply chain. In the business world, fostering diversity in these areas is an absolute imperative and is a key factor in the overall success and well-being of a company. Today, we're going to tackle some of the questions companies and entrepreneurs face when it comes to maintaining a healthy, diverse atmosphere within a corporation. Chloe, it's so good to see you again this morning. Always a pleasure, Adam. Always a pleasure. So let's dive let's right do it. in. Yeah. So when we talk about just overall DNI. Mm-hmm. You know, I think oftentimes, you know, people think DNI and supplier diversity are one and the same. Right. Oh, yes. All the time. Yeah. So I think before we dive in, it might be helpful to our listeners to differentiate between the two. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think that um, DNI is definitely supplier diversity is part of DNI, right? Yeah. It is. It's, it's a, a as strategy. As a strategy. Yeah, as a strategy. As an overall mm-hmm. strategy. But when I think of overall DNI, I think of more of an internal focused. Yes. Right. So if we're talking about hiring DNI, right? EEOC exactly. and everything like that. Yeah. Most EEOC, definitely. EEOC, hiring practice, mm-hmm. being inclusive with your employees right. as they come in, thinking about your board, yep. all of that, yep. making sure that opportunities for advancement are inclusive mm-hmm. and available to all of your employees. Mm-hmm. Whereas supplier diversity is an external strategy. Correct. It's an external effort to make sure that your supply chain, so the vendors that you use as an organization, are diverse as well right. and reflective of your DNI strategy internally, right. but also reflective of the communities that you serve and also reflective of your customer base. Right, exactly. But I think we also need to be careful because I agree with you 90% DNI. Hiring from an HR perspective is internal and DNI from a supplier diversity standpoint is external. But let's think about it this way too. When you walk into another corporation's business, whether you're coming in there to interview or you're coming in there to do business with them, it's important to see the DNI and the hiring of the people that you interact with. Yes. Right. So, so it is true. also so our hiring DNI is also an external event. Yeah. Right. So we've got to be very, very careful about that. And then DNI from a supplier standpoint is also internal. 
Because mm-hmm. think about minority groups and 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 others that were BRGs, BRGs inside mm-hmm. the inside the corporations. They want to see well who who are we interface who are we using who are we buying supplies from who's providing us services. And when they can see a minority business owner walk in, they're like, wow, that's really cool. We're doing business with people groups of my same background and alliance, and that's very comforting, right? So we have to remember that a DNI, it's it's all, or as our one guest said the other week, right? It's a part of that overall business strategy. And we got to be careful not to silo. We have to understand where the strengths and weaknesses are so we can play them. Mm-hmm. But we also have to remember that they also integrate they at do. some point too, right? Think yeah. of that whole Venn diagram, right? Mm-hmm. That intersectional point is where DNI from HR and DNI from strategic sourcing interface yeah, right there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you brought up a good point about the BRG groups mm-hmm. and how they also want to see the suppliers that we're working with. Right. I think um, BRG groups look very differently from organization to organization. So yes. talk a little bit about what you've seen that has been successful in terms wow. of yeah. just BRG groups, because right. what I've seen typically is more of, you know, it's a community right. of people who have affinities mm-hmm. and you know, they get together to talk about various things, right. championing for each other, but it's more of an internal focus. So you're saying yeah. that there may be external things that they're, they're, they're exposed to or want to see and challenge the organization around. Oh, yeah, most definitely. So I think two of the key tenets I look at when I'm um, looking at BRGs and, and maybe talking to other corporations about how their BRGs can expand, grow, become more healthy. Mm-hmm. One, they have to have a C-suite sponsor, right? So somebody in your C-suite has to say, I am going to be the champion of XYZ BRG, right? Whether they align with that BRG or not, it's actually better if they don't mm, because then it shows. That's so interesting. Yes. And I'll tell you why because yeah. then it shows others, hey, I'm not Asian, but it's okay to be part of the Asian American BRG. Yeah. I'm right? an ally. And I'm an I want, ally. And I want it's to about learn allyship, yes, right? Everything yeah. that we work towards is about allyship. Right. So it almost works better. Right. right? Um, then the other thing is not to make your BRGs just um, inclusive in their own little community. Mm. Encourage people that are not of that same BRG makeup, be allies and join that BRG anyway. Maybe you want to learn something more about that culture. Maybe you just don't have friends or intersect with that culture just in your daily life because of where you live or just other things. Not because you don't want to be, but you just don't have the opportunity. Right. BRGs are a great place to go meet other people and learn about other cultures. And it's not scary. The other thing I would say to do is not have your BRGs be internal focused only. Mm. Right. So, and I'll tell you one of the things, and and this is something that we have been working on personally, and I have been trying to help others uh, become comfortable with supplier diversity folks. Yeah. We don't have big teams. Yeah. Right. One, two, if you're lucky, three. But you have these BRGs out there that are already aligned to all the major that you're working with. Yeah. Bring them into the mix. Absolutely. What's wrong with them? being aligned with your local chapter of whatever mm-hmm. certifying agency you're working with. Yeah. Right. So down here in Georgia, we have the GMSDC, which is part of the NMSDC. There's more in acronyms for you guys. <laughs> so sorry about that. We're yes. located in Georgia. So that's the Georgia Minority Supplier Diversity Council. Yes. But what about if I had Bolt, my my black African-American BRG, right. interface with the GMSDC mm-hmm. and help take some of that pressure off and, and we're still supporting, and yeah, we're supporting them corporately. Yeah. Well, and I thought, I think it also gives people an opportunity to pursue things that they're passionate about within yes. their organization. Correct. And support initiatives that are close to home to them. Right. 
Exactly. And and what better advocate can you have than somebody like that? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And so when you think about these BRG groups, you know, how important do you think it is to have these different perspectives at the table when you talk oh. about C-suite involvement, yeah. and just the overall sort of success of, of companies? It's absolutely vital. Right. Absolutely vital. Everybody's experience growing up, everybody's experience culturally, everybody's experience in their career path, right. however old or young that path may be, is a very vital insight yes. into others that we need to have at the table. Right. Right. When you, so when you start doing or studying business history, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you start looking at companies that have these major blind spot, uh-ohs, took right. them out. Right. <laughs> it's always because there was something they didn't consider yeah. or see and literally a blind spot. Right. And by having that different perspective, it's not going to eliminate it. We can't eliminate it a hundred percent, No. but it does help you bring a different perspective into there. Absolutely. Right? And think about it this too. If you're trying to reach a certain people group as a marketing team, right. And you have those people groups in, <laughs> in your business already. Right. Go talk to them. Right. 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 Go talk right. to them. Right. Exactly. And I mean, I think of some of those unfortunate incidents mm-hmm. in 2019 with like Gucci and some of the oh, other retailers yes. and they apologize, but sure. you could see that there was nobody, like there wasn't a person of color that was. Oh, no, no, there definitely was not. Any of those teams. And right. as a result, you lost revenue, yep. your, your brand, you know, reputational damage that was caused from that. And, and sometimes it's very hard to recover when it all you is. need to do is think about having someone at the table. Right. Exactly. Uh, I just had a recent experience like that before. I work with several different nonprofits and this one's going is, was going to put on this huge tech showcase Mm -hmm. and, and in between speakers, they kind of want to run a montage on civil rights and that type of great. So the intentionality, great. Right. They showed me the kind of rough draft of this videography Mm -hmm. and they said, so what do you think? I was like, well, it looks like what I know happened and a bunch of white people put this together. (laughs) I love that you brought that. Says the white guy sitting in the room as the DNI expert, right? right? And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, this, this has, I was like, not that I have, not that I am African-American, but I'm like, I've been in this sector long enough to tell you and to understand what two different presentations look like. Right. You know, and I was like, and if I can pick up on that, I guarantee you our African-American constituents who will be in the audience really will pick up on it. Right. They said, so what should we do? I was like, well, I don't know. You have an entire DNI society. How about letting them take a look at it? Yeah. And they're like, that's a great idea. And right. oh my, they were like, well, that was eye opening after yeah. they, after they saw it. Yeah. You know? I think, I think it's natural that people sometimes they're, it's empathy, number one, right? Right. It's Most really, definitely. It's empathy. Yes. It's 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 understanding that you know representation really matters to everyone. Oh man, yeah. When you, when you're when everyone looks like you at the table, you're like, oh well, let's let's put this you know marketing collateral together. Right. It's right. reflective of us and it's right. not really reflective of our customer or the face of our customer. Exactly. And so I think sometimes that that is what the miss is, you know, and then companies just really, really suffer. It is a as huge a result miss. Of that. Yeah. And, and so <clears throat> it comes back to something that you and I've talked about time and time again, and that's intentionality as we do this, right? Right. It's right. great to have a great idea. It's, it's fantastic that you're like, this is important and we want to have a voice at the table. That's fantastic. Right. But truly understand what you're trying to do. Right. Because right. this is one area that we can't just have people firing off haphazard, making statements and then walking off. Make sure you have intention. And right. the other thing, too, businesses is the community at large will figure out 
very quickly whether or not you have stock behind what you said. So make sure yes. that when you make up and make that bold statement, good for you, that there's going to be intentionality behind it. You realize right. what you're driving to and what does that mean and what does that commitment mean and you're ready to carry through. Right. Definitely ready to carry through. And, you know, I think about just overall, you know, some of these recent sort of missions around supplier diversity, Mm -hmm. you know, I think companies, you know, they often miss, you know, this is something we should do. It's, it's, it's altruistic. And, but I think the biggest thing that I think sometimes is a miss is they don't necessarily communicate externally what they're doing, like to their customers, you know, so that their customers internally, what they're doing with their customers. Well, (laughs) yes, definitely. And I think that that is a huge, huge miss because I think that you create brand loyalty just by sharing some of those things and also loyalty to the company. So internal as well, when you think about your overall DNI strategy, people want to know that you're doing these efforts. It feels, it makes people feel like they're committed to an organization or that Mm -hmm. they're working for an organization Mm -hmm. that's committed to the advancement of their communities, the advancement of the underserved. And that again, builds loyalty and trust. Most definitely. And as we get deeper and deeper and deeper into the digital age, Right. People do research on you, right? And so right. they want to know that they're working with a company that does have a rock solid DNI statement, yeah. right? And then they also the other things we're going to start talking about too is going to be sustainability mm. in this sector, right? They're going to want to see that. I was yes. just looking at carbon footprint reports the other day. Yes, so carbon footprint is huge. It's yeah. a monster. Yes. It Which is it a monster. Should be. Yes. Yes. Given our definitely. last, I mean, it was like snowing in in March. It was like below. Yeah. yeah. 30 degrees, oh, yeah. even in Georgia. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've got to start thinking about what type of a planet we're leaving for future yeah, generations. Most definitely. Oh, yes, most definitely. So, you know, and, and they're going to research those type of things. And when it comes down to choosing product A and product B, people are going to do research and pick products that align with their personal, you know, mores. Yeah. And, that's, and work for companies. And work that, for companies. That's yes. probably the other thing I wanted to bring up, too, when we were talking right. about the internal, external portions of it. Is, right. Is, People coming out of college now are doing research on you. They want to know how many people of color are you hiring? How many people of color are you promoting? You know, what does your return to work policy look like for women in the workforce, right? Right. Do you have any sort of programs that help women that have stepped out for one reason or another and not want to come back in a decade later? What is your company doing to help that? These are are very important factors. And then whole work-life balance. Right. Right. And I think that's another thing DNI is going to start looking at is what does the work-life balance look like? Right, we, right. And, and understanding that different people require different things, oh, like yes. different community. And you want to be able to acknowledge and, and, and observe some of their own traditions. Right. right. Most definitely. Yeah. And I think companies sometimes just don't do that. They think, you know, we have these set holidays that are American holidays. Right. And then that's really it. That's all we're observing. Right. Exactly. So and that's not really being inclusive either. Right. So, so take some of the American holidays, turn them into floating holidays. Floating. Floating. Yes. yes exactly. Yes. Right. And yes. if I don't wish to celebrate Labor Day, great. And I want to go spend it on Jewish New Year. Fantastic. Right. 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 But then that you have to be ready for the change in the operating model. Right. Because mm. think about what that does impact, though. Right. Because right. They've, they've set up set their, their they set, set up their operating, operating budget, budget mm-hmm. on Labor Day being closed. So and true. Open, open on the Jewish New Year. 
right? Well, yeah. And so that means that at the beginning of your fiscal year, you need to be thinking about these things. Like you have to start putting the operational practices in place to be able to observe. Right. Yeah. You can't just say, okay, we're going to convert two days to floating holidays. And then you have to be intentional and you have to look at what those ramifications are on your business. Right. Right. So again, it comes back to, I want to do great things, but if I just run haphazard and just kind of flip that switch without second thought to well, what did I just do to my operating model? Right. Well, now you're going to cause other problems, right? You're right. going to cause bigger problems. You're going to cause bigger problems. Right, right. Yeah. The other thing I think is um, when we think about just the face of the customer mm-hmm. and how that's changing just across America, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, if, if the talent piece, okay, you know, if companies are not as focused on that, if they're not as focused on the supplier diversity piece, they have to be focused on their customers, Right. 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 And so as your as your customers are evolving and they're changing, you know, how important is it that they see a reflection of themselves in their account teams, mm-hmm. in their service teams, yeah. uh, someone behind the counter right. or the bar or, yep. you know, whoever it is, they want to see that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're not going to be continuing to patron or buy your product. Correct. And and the other thing, too, is it may and you might be sitting there going, oh, I'm a two man operation. I can't hire. 15 other people to make sure I have adequate representation. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But then make sure if you're going to sell into another culture that's not your heritage, make sure you understand that culture. Right. 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 I know personally, there have been several times I've walked into other situations where obviously I am the, the minority ethnic group. Right. But before I walk in there, I make sure I understand what are the cultural norms? What is just understanding how much personal space each culture has differently is a huge thing to understand. It's a huge thing. It is huge, right? When I was first out of college, I did not realize in the Korean culture that personal space is like three feet and under. I mean, they want to be almost face-to-face. And so I had another Korean counterpart say, you know, don't worry about that. That's just how it is. They're going to stand right almost on top of you. (laughs) And But that's just how the culture is. And when I understood that, everything was just fine. You're like, oh, this, this is, this is, this is, this is normal. normal. And, you know, in fact, you initiate it. And, yeah. you know, it's a totally different thing. But the other thing we have to remember, too, is and not get too much too too hung up on that, because as I'm observing in the younger generations that are starting to come out of high school and entering in college, ethnic background does not necessarily mean they're going to take a traditional role that you might see. And I'll say this. So I was asked by a good friend of mine to talk to a high school student that she's mentoring through the WIT program. Mm-hmm. Women in technology. There's another one. Another, another acronym. acronym. Thank you. Uh, and she said, you know, I just want you to come and talk to this young lady, kind of mentor her on what she should think, be thinking about it. She's coming out of high school, going to go into college, trying a career path, that type of thing. I said, I'd love to have a conversation. It's an African-American young lady. and She really wants to go open up her own restaurant. I said, that sounds amazing. I love it. Yeah. I was like, so um, what type of, I mean, what type of restaurant you want to open? She goes, a Korean barbecue. I physically paused for 30 seconds as I'm looking at the young lady on my computer screen. I just heard the words Korean barbecue. And I'm like, okay, I've got to think I've got to process that for a second. (laughs) But as I then started talking to some other people who specialize in that generation, as they're coming up, they're like, oh yeah. They're like, that's how this generation is. They see something they're like, they're not deterred or held back by cultural barriers and they just go for it. 
And it, it can be exciting. It can be very exciting. Because they're learning something new. They can add their own spin on it. I think that that's exactly. the beauty of being in America, exactly. right? It's an unbelievable reason to be here in America yeah. because we're not constrained by that. Yes. Right? Which is one of the many things I love and we need to start really capitalizing on it. Exactly. Don't be afraid to reinvent yourself. So I'm about to ask you a tough one. Oh, boy. So at, good thing we're friends. Good thing we're friends. Um, you know, so I think diversity and DNI and, &I and mm -hmm. equity and inclusion has been, you know, sort of this buzz for the last 20 years. Yeah. But, you know, if you look at any of these reports, it seems like we've made little progress. I why totally do you agree. why do you think that that oh, is man. in corporate environments? That's 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 it, a somehow great question. It, it falls apart, and and it's it, I think it falls apart in different places, right? You know, within in various organizations. But what do you think the main driver of that is? Because it's like they put out these statements, they yeah. want to do it, and I think it's in people's hearts. Sure, but then it just it just the execution pieces. Yeah, and I and I. The statement I'm going to say next, I want everybody to understand, is going to be kind of a carte blanche blanket statement, recognizing that every situation is different. different. Sure. There's going to be different causal factors, but just yes. for us to have a conversation over something. Sure. I just want to make sure I have that. Thank you for that. Thank you. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Um, I think what happens is, is that you have well-intended DNI practices. Mm -hmm. You have an HR team that's ready to rock and roll. You have a CEO who goes, yes, I sign off on this. And then you meet business pressure. Mm -hmm. Then you meet the pressure from the board. Not ill pressure, not like the board sits there and goes, uh, yeah, that DNI thing, we're not going to do that. Right. What they are saying is, yeah, that stock price that we have, we're not going to do that. Right. That return that we just gave our investors, yeah, we're not going to do that. This launch of this new product that's six months delayed, we're not going to do that either. Mm. So now the pressure, you know what they say, it always rolls downhill and picks up speed yeah. up from the top, comes down to the service managers, comes down to the hiring managers. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I got to get it done. And it needed to be done three weeks ago. Do you think they're really looking to put together a diverse and inclusive team? No. Yeah. They're yeah. looking to find the fastest bodies they can throw at a project and go. Right. But taking that that time to do that, I think ensures the success yes, of I product launches. Totally and agree. New right. So if we were in Utopia, right, right and I have twelve a good twelve month planning cycle, right? Yeah. And I say, okay, here's my ramp up at at three months. So at zero hour, I need to start putting together the team or understanding what these people should be yeah. I want to hire for this team. So yeah, I have three months to look be. for this team. Absolutely. Right. What it would take is for some sort of service manager to sit there and go, yeah, so we're going to be really behind because if we want to do this right, I'm going to have to delay us some more to put, right. to put together the right team. Right. 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 And uh-oh, now I have conflict. And guess what? That service manager could be looking for a new job. Because right. the board said, get it done. So true. So true. So if we bring it back to supplier diversity, okay. you know, and looking <laughs> at how companies sometimes. It's the same scenario. Is it, I mean, I think it is. It is it's the, the exact it's same the exact scenario. same scenario. Let me tell you what happens in regulated industries. Right. So you have this eight month onboarding process. Mm. Okay. And Which it can can be killer for small businesses. Oh, you can ruin a small business. You can absolutely ruin a small business. Right. So you have an eight month onboarding right. window. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say that again, everybody. Regulated industries, eight months if you're brand new. So you're a service manager, and now I've got three months to get an integration done, or a product push, or a product test, right? Because the other 
people in my industry are beating us because we don't have this widget. I got to get this widget out now and my widget's got to be superior to everybody else. Well, that would be great to go RFP and to go look at all of these wonderful technologies that are out there. It's like, which major implementer do I have in-house? Oh, IBM's here? Great. Guess who we're going to go with? Right. Because they already it's easy. have the paper. They have the paper. And guess what else they have built into their contracts? Volume. The more business I give the big implementer, the smaller my price tag becomes, which means the more profit I've generated, which means the greater stock price, which means the greater stock return, which means the board is happy. Right. 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 So the problem is not that people don't want to do DNI. Right. But they're not incentivized. They're not incentivized. Properly. They're not incentivized. And we haven't fixed the root problem of how do we move fast and quickly? Right. Right. So if we stay in our example of heavily regulated industry, that means the federal government has put so many constraints on me. And if I want to stay in business, I have to meet every one of their regulators mm. things. I have to be compliant. Right. If I'm not compliant. They turn the lights off. Mm. Oof, that's a tough it's one. It's tough. It's tough. Where I think the greatest victories for DNI can be felt is in the mid markets. Mm. Right? Yeah, we do have to hold corporate America responsible. Don't think I'm saying that. Don't think right. I'm saying it's like, oh, okay, let's let these big flags off. Let's just let them go do their thing. No. No. They should be setting the example. They should be setting the example. Yes. And they should be the ones going back to the government, in my opinion, going, yeah. if you want us to do this and do this correctly, you have got to change the way you are regulating us. Right. And when I also see them requiring it of their tier one. So if they can't, yes. you know, it's like, yes. well, then let's yes. figure out a way to make this happen right. by requiring it of all of our tier one suppliers. Right. right. So then we can talk about tier two strategies, right? right? Which does make a lot of sense because then I have IBM in shop, but I have minority owned ABC company it has the great widget. I bring them under IBM. Right. And you're like, IBM, you need to use that. Correct. Correct. Right. Right. Then again, that then takes more time because I've got to go find ABC company. Mm. Right. And usually ABC company is so head down and hard at it. They don't have really time to make themselves known in the market because they are working, you know, 80 hours a week. Right. You know, and, and well, that's why you need a sourcing tool. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I'm telling you, walk Jeez. right into that one, didn't we? <laughs> Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so that's so that's it, right? So you have to have a way to shorten A and B, right? right? You have to be able to bring them together and then cut out all that. You know, if, if we think about the string analogy, I always love the string analogy, right? You have A and B on a piece of string. You bring A and B closer. You have to cut out all that string that you just looped around. Right. That's what has to go. That's what has to go. Right. All of that that red tape. All that red tape, right? All of that red tape because that just makes it too hard. Exactly. Well, awesome. Well, I think that we've really opened people's, I mean, hopefully we've really opened people's right. eyes to the differences exactly. and also spurred some thought on yeah. how they can really think about their organizations internally, but also as, as the small businesses are listening, understanding the challenges understand, that corporations and, Yeah. Have. And understand that I, there are going to be some bad apples out there. Right. I'm, I'm not naive to that. Sure. But I would have to say on the whole, corporations want to do the right thing. Yes, they do. But we also have to understand the pressures they're under. Right. Well, and, you know, and not all financial services is, is very, very, very regulated, but yeah. you know, there's other industries that are not there so are regulated not, that are yes. fortune 200 companies. Exactly. Exactly. They don't have much of an excuse. No, they don't. they don't. They don't. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think that, um, you know, some of those less regulated industries need to start thinking about yes. it and really need to be thinking about what can we do to move this along and to make mm -hmm. our overall nation better exactly. and more 
inclusive because again, you know, like we said last week, rising tides raise all boats, you know, it's when, you know, these companies are doing better and all their suppliers are doing better. There's a ripple effect. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's when we can go into our talks about economic impacts, everything else we discuss on the show. It's just so much fun. Exactly. For another episode. That's right. Yes. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and make sure you check out our previous episodes if you haven't already and continue to support the podcast. Be sure to check us out on LinkedIn at Chloe Gidry Reed and at Adam Moore and stay tuned for all of our upcoming episodes. Can't wait. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us in participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.